like you know. If you really want to know more about fashion, come on down to CITR in the Student Union Building of UBC and pick up some of our merchandise à la mode. Nous avons t-shirts, sweatshirts, socks, and coffee mugs. But it's also very aesthetically gripping. To keep you styling in support of the station you love. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Well, actually, is it? Because, I mean, you know, I was going to say because of the cultural vacuum that we exist within, but then, you know, uh, really, fashion today is kind of derived from the European idea of couture, and that's been around for centuries. not just rich people that own the media. I own my 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 media. The Media Co-op is a grassroots national news network that's owned by its members. Join us today at mediacoop.ca slash join. to UBC. It's a new year and new correspondence on the Arts Report. Well, not me, obviously. Many of you are all too familiar with the sound of my voice. But I am joined here by the first of several of our new and promising correspondents. Please introduce yourself. Hi there. I'm Shivangi. That's all I have. All right. Starting <laughs> to the point. And, uh, well, we are actually... It's going to be a good show for the two of us because we were recently in the 24-hour musical if we want to kick it off right quick. It's that, which is a hell of a way to start the year. That's a good way. Yeah, content warning for that. Mild blasphemy. <laughs> I have to do that. Content warning. Mild blasphemy. Just, 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 just make a sign of the cross afterwards, and you're mm-hmm. fine. Um, but we started the year in. Really, did start the year because the first weekend of the year and MTT's 24-hour musical, which we've reviewed before on this program, and which is a very fun source of community for UBC. 
How'd you find it? Um, well, I was actually really interested in theater, so I just went to the AMS clubs. I'm like, you know what? I'm just wasting my life here. I need to be doing something. I need to be active. So I just looked up the list. They happened to have auditions right there and then, and I was like, that works perfectly. Really? Yeah. I actually only had like two days to rehearse for my audition, which was really nerve-wracking, but it turned out all right. The AMS pointed you right in the direction of MTT? I've never heard of that. Uh, it's just like a, like the groups list online you can just find, and I just saw musicals, so I was like, hey. Fun. Yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't even think of that. That'd be that'd be terrific. I, I The AMS does not advertise terribly well, <laughs> I find. I mean, we love them. We're an arm of the AMS, mm-hmm. but I mean... That the amount of people at our content meeting probably gives you a pretty good impression of how well we're out there. Mm-hmm. And how do you find MTT then? I, I so I love MTT. I've been doing the twenty-four hour musical for. Was this your first twenty-four hour, by the way? This was, yeah. So I this is my fourth. Oh wow! And it's since the, I've done it since the start of last year, mm-hmm. and over the course of uh, of MTT, I have played so in order. Um, uh, Peter Quint, Snout, Flute, Starveling, Snug, all basically all of the all of the players in Midsummer mm-hmm. minus Bottom, not like the full cast, but like those the the play within a play stages plus yeah. Phyllis Strait, mm-hmm. and then after that I was the Riddler slash Goon number two slash Aquaman. Aquaman had the least number of lines there. That was in the <laughs> Justice League one. Yeah, I had to put. Oh, I was wearing like that's a white. The worst person to play in Justice League. Aquaman. Uh, okay, we're probably going to talk about the movie later, but, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I, you know, Aquaman is one of those guys where he does get, like, Aquaman's a joke at this point, but you know what? I've, I, I, I'm not a comic person, but I've seen enough of Aquaman as a character, you know, that he's kind of a, kind of an OP character, mm-hmm. really. Like, he's got control over 70% of the Earth. That's it's, fair. it's a pretty crazy 70% too. And besides, you have Cal Drogo playing him in the movie, so I think it's the aesthetic. Yeah, okay. That that okay, that I'll give you. I'll mm-hmm. give you something on that. And like for my Aquaman costume, all it was was cuz as the Riddler, I had that mm-hmm. I had to do like a suit for Edward Nigma and that's a name you want to be really careful pronouncing by the way. <laughs> uh I, I so I did like I had like black slacks, lime green shirt and tie, and I think like the gray jacket I always wear for every costume. And uh, after that, to play goon number two, I had to like put up the colors on the jacket and put yeah. like a, a cowl over it to look like an overcoat. Oh, God. And then for Aquaman, I stripped down to my undershirt, which had two clams over my. Uh, well, let's be optimistic and call them pectorals. Uh-huh. At, at for yellow paper clams, I'd pinned on there. I'd be really careful not to safety pin myself. You know, that's that's a that's an impressive costume for twenty four hours. I think you got real creative there. Good for you. Well, and then after that, I played um, like that was that was fun to do because mm-hmm. the thing that was that was Michael Jackson. That was Justice League with the songs of Michael Jackson. Oh, of course. And of they course. were like uh, Speed Demon for the Flash. Okay, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Smooth Criminal, of course. Oh, uh, and. The one I had to sing as the Riddler was Behind the Mask. And it was a solo song because in it, the Riddler is obsessed with Batman. And I don't know if you ever met Danica in a game, but she played yeah. Batman. And she's like like a powerhouse person. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, like, the the Riddler gets beaten up really easily. Because also, like, you got to love the Riddler. He's mm-hmm. not an intimidating guy. So Behind the Mask is not a villain song. It's more of an obsession. Well, you, you can have the two at the same time, but it's mm-hmm. an obsession song. And I had, but I do not have the range for Michael Jackson. Oh. Uh, I can't get up that high. Even mm-hmm. I can, I can barely do a falsetto, like because mm-hmm. I, I just don't like. It's, it's hard to project in falsetto, especially for me when I just like bellow my way through songs like an ox or Chad Kroger. And See, I'm trying to understand, but really I'm a soprano, so I'm just nodding along as if I do. <laughs> okay, fair enough, but like you you can do that naturally. Mm-hmm. I can barely sing in my own range. <laughs> and Michael Jackson's falsetto is like it's hard to do, mm-hmm. right? So um, short of kicking myself in the groin right before singing, which I guess would have helped the character too, uh <laughs> What I ended up doing was that just... That happens li- to you often, huh? Yes. Kicks to the groin? Alarmingly so. That happened in this 24-hour. Exactly. Um, I think that happened in last one, too. Yeah, because when I... No, when I was Rasputin, no. It did not happen. As the as the, as the the Riddler, I got mm-hmm. beaten up. Janica's, like, Batman just punches mm-hmm. him once, and he's like, boop. Or I think just tapped him. 
I feel like hits the floor. Are you sure MTT people don't have some hidden feelings towards you? You seem to get punched a lot, kicked a lot. Yeah. Well, as Rasputin, I played, so this mm-hmm. last year I played Rasputin. I love doing that. I was a literal rotting corpse. The character's a literal rotting corpse. I, Sorry, is that the one you played in Anastasia? Yeah. Yeah, I came to watch that. That was great. That was, and I remember this, like I... I, I like playing villains, which is mm-hmm. good because apparently that's the only thing I am I am going to play. Hashtag typecasted. Eh, it's fine though, like like Rasputin, Biff Tannen, the mm. Riddler. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, a good list right there. Yeah, and, I, and Rasputin was a lot of fun because I got to. I mentioned this in the last time episode, but I just kind of barreled my way through it, and then for the lines I actually had to sing, because most of it was just a mm-hmm. Tom Waits impression in Russian, which is pretty much just a Tom Waits impression from the Alice album. Uh, I just did the really cheap imitation of the Phantom mm-hmm. from Phantom of the Opera, which is like a go-to baritone part. I'm technically baritone, I, I think. Okay. Uh, but that one, yeah, uh, that one I did... That one's less me getting beaten up, and then we come to the musical we were in. Yeah. Can you explain that one for the audience? All right. Uh, so I'll explain the concept first. What I really love about MTT is like these themes for the twenty-four hour are great. Last year we had Disney question mark. It's supposed to be all of sorry. The uh, the ones that were like Disney but not actually Disney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you think they're Disney but they're not. And uh, this year we had eighties movies. Each of them. There were three. Each of them turned into 20-minute musicals, and they were jukebox musicals, so the music comes from somewhere else. And we uh, were, Jake and I were in Back to the Future. We also had Star Wars, and we had Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Which is, I was really surprised that uh, The Breakfast Club wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. I knew they were going to do a John Hughes movie, which is interesting, because when I think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I don't always think of it as a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. I never watched it myself. I think Star Wars is the only one I've watched out of those. That one was also the most liberally adapted, too. Yeah, that it was definitely was. Really all three movies. It was the last mm-hmm. two, certainly. Those, those were both in the 80s, I think. Was, was, well, I know Return of the Jedi was. Was uh, Empire Strikes Back 79 or 80? I have no idea. It was, the, it was wa- I watched A New Hope. I saw the transitions, and it made me sick to my stomach. And then after that, I just watched The Force Awakens because I just couldn't. I couldn't deal. Well, it's a, they're pretty similar movies, actually. They're pretty much the same thing. They, they are, are. They are very similar movies. It's actually interesting how um, the J.J. Abrams ones are relating back to the originals because mm-hmm. a lot of media right now is nostalgia-driven, especially yeah. nostalgia for the 80s and 90s. So that's... It's really interesting. I think, I don't know if anyone watches South Park. They sort of brought that up and how nostalgic it is, the the Force of Akins. South Park did that? Yeah, South Park did that. Good it was Lord, supposed to be running. a political comment on Trump making America great again. So it's just this idea of going back to nostalgia and doing the same thing over and over again. The, the thing about nostalgia for me is that it's it's interesting to me because... I've um, like me me personally, when I think about the the media I drew on, I've drawn on a lot of media that well predates me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, nostalgia is sort of deliberately putting on blinders to a degree, and I mm-hmm. think that shows like Stranger Things are great when you think about nostalgia. Because Stranger Things is a lot of the time, well, it's a commentary on H.P. Lovecraft too, but it's mm-hmm. also about the '80s. Oh, Winona Ryder's in it. Mm, yeah. we, we should talk about Heather's later. Oh, yes. We definitely should. <laughs> oh, I'm looking so forward to that one. You know, I hear that laugh, and I just wonder to myself, why do they make you a villain, you know? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> to those of you listening with headphones, you're like, where did Vincent Price's ghost has come from? Mm-hmm. Vincent Price's ghost is. The ghost is Vincent Price is here, sir. Um, so, yeah, so just... One thing I do want to say about The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson wrote and directed it. And he did uh, Looper. Mm-hmm. And one movie I really, really like, which is Brick. And okay. those who haven't seen it, look it up. It is one of the weirdest movies. Not like weird as in random scene out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just continuously weird in a certain way throughout. And if you watch the trailer you'll know what i mean but the movie okay. itself is very good 
I've heard a lot of good things about The Last Jedi. One of my friends, she's a triplet, watched it with each of her sisters once, and now she's willing to go with me for the third time to watch the movie. So I think it must be quite good. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because uh, it's... So I, I, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think it was bad. Okay. It's um, it's long. It is it is a full two and a half hours. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Return of the King a little bit, mm-hmm. and I love Return of the King, so that's you know that that's not a bad thing. But it is, it feels epic. Then they're they're trying really hard for that. That's really funny to me because Bollywood movies are typically that long, so I'm used to that. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I I saw Bollywood Othello a little bit ago, and uh, oh, Omkara. that's interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Not a, not necessarily recent, but I think last decade or so. Yeah. We've oh, got... last decade is that your is that your like distinction for recent? I've seen, most of the movies I've like I I watch I saw Nothing Sacred, the Carol Lombard movie recently, as well as Artists and Models with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. So that's what I watch on my like downtime. Mm-hmm. So it, my perspective is skewed that it's way. It's a very a huge bit. broad spectrum. It, of time. It really is. Like, it's gotten to the point where I feel that where Technicolor feels natural to me. Okay. Which is just weird on so many levels. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Like, that. so that, yeah. I, in, in the continuum of film, which is a recent genre, I, I still see that as kind of recent. Mm-hmm. But I, I could I could tell, yeah. It is, there's a, it does look dated to a degree just style-wise, but still, it's, it's a good movie. That's but fair. it was two and a half hours long. Okay. Not a lot of musical numbers, though. Mm, not unlike our Star Wars. <laughs> Just to Wait. explain this, so this is how I've been advertising Star Wars to my friends, the 24-hour musical version. It's Star Wars in 20 minutes with interspersed with songs from Tangled and Enchanted and has a bunch of daddy jokes. Yeah, yeah. The that... daddy jokes are great. Ooh. Uh, that one was uh, those were hit or miss for me a were little, they? a little bit. Okay. The the whole of the Star Wars one was kind of mm-hmm. a miss for me. Oh, that was my favorite one. Really? Yeah, and I'm like I'm trying to be impartial because I was in Back to the Future, and I really like the well. So basically, in place of the DeLorean, we had this turtle that had wheels. It was like a child's toy, which yeah. I think was hilarious. But other than that, I feel like. Um, for me, Star Wars was definitely the best. I especially loved how all the characters were played. We had Paige for Darth Vader. So I think just the fact that we have like a fairly high-pitched woman in the role, and then she has like um, an almost like infanticized voice about it, I think it, ma- it made a really great like twist on Darth Vader. You had Han Solo as a woman, and like his... His relationship with Leia was just really well done. Kurt is Chewbacca, I like. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Especially when he it first made it seem like he just was going to speak the Chewbacca He's way. Like, and just clearing his throat. Yep. yep, and then he just goes into dialogue. C-3PO was pretty great. I think... Ben? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the best things, weirdly enough, about 24-hour musical is that you're not that prepared. So, like, the technical difficulties or, like, the, like, lyrics you forget, like, the audience just loves to laugh with you as opposed to at you. True, yeah. Yeah, and that, I, they did, they did do that well. Mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't think about it that way. I think it's also a matter of community. I know some places that would definitely laugh at, like, you can just feel that the audience is more sympathetic as opposed to critic critical. Well, with 24-hour, we mm-hmm. packed... 24-hour packed the house, by the way, it which really always did. impresses me. Like, I, I do want to say that uh, the audience at 24-hour I've always seen does... I, I don't know if they know exactly what the constraints are, mm-hmm. but they always seem to respect that the product comes from that place. And that's, that, that, that's fun to me. That That's, that's fun because, uh, I mean, they're technically amateur productions, but they're well put together. Absolutely. Like, there is a script put in front of you that you have to learn. You don't make it mm-hmm. up as you go along. And everything, like the props, the, everything except the script is made up within 24 hours. Yeah. We had our entire blocking done literally within 24 hours of getting the script. Yeah, that was really impressive to me. I guess when I heard 24 hours just watching it the first time when I did earlier this year, I didn't really think about the choreography being within 24 hours. Yep. Yep. 
All of it. Yeah. All of it. Yep. Every every single quad crunching minute of it. Yeah. The props. The props. I I because I have like I've built a lot of props on the fly in my life. I kind of mm-hmm. get that. Just if they're designed to be used for one performance, mm-hmm. you can make a prop out of just about anything. But if you yeah. have to use them for more than one performance, you have to think about it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Because when you move around, like say Ben's head for C three PO for for reference, yeah. this was C three PO's mask painted around us, a face shape cut out on mm-hmm. a box that was put over his head. Yep. Um, that would probably it just for a repeated performance it is too easy to come off, mm-hmm. too easy to do, whatever. But if you have one performance, and Ben knows how to block, so that's definitely it, it stayed yeah. on his head. Mm-hmm. I also like R2-D2. With, they did in a similar way. Who was that? Was that Alina? Who was... I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was funny with R2-D2 and Chewbacca talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Alina and Kurt talking character. So basically, <laughs> to fill you in if you haven't watched it, um, R2-D2 and Chewbacca were just having this conversation off to the side about whether or not to tell Leia and Luke whether they were brother and sister. And then they basically conspired to become... Two cupids for Leia and Hans, so Leia would never find out. So, yeah, yeah, that's about the size of it. You know, it's 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 the thing that I kind of realize is that so they're the gay best friends in this regard. <laughs> that's that's what they were, in 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 the story. That's I, I get it now. Oh, okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and like you know, you had. I think the musical number was great. You had Leia with C-3PO and uh, Hans with Chewbacca. And they're both convincing uh, Leia and Hans that they love each other. Han. And then they just break up. How do you know that you love her? See, uh, that's one thing that maybe might have weirded me out here. I didn't recognize any of the songs because I haven't seen Tangled or Enchanted. Oh, what a waste of life. And on that note, a word from our sponsor... I mean, I mean, that's also, you know, what many, my, many of my family said about my degree, so. AMS Food Bank. Your access to money during the studies at UBC will most likely be limited, but it is a priority of the AMS Food Bank to ensure your access to food is not. The AMS Food Bank provides emergency food relief seven days a week for all UBC students. To volunteer with the Food Bank or for inquiries about how to take advantage of the services provided, contact them at foodbank at ams.ubc.ca. For more information, find the AMS Food Bank on Facebook or feel free to visit anytime across from the Wellness Center and Sprouts. You're just playing a game. It's more than that. It's about adventure and saving the world and having magic. UBC Theatre and Film presents a high-octane dramatic comedy laden with homicidal fairies, evil succubi, and 90s pop culture. Acclaimed playwright Keek Wynn offers a life-changing journey for the geek within us all. Join Agnes the Ass-Headed on her quest to find and free the lost soul of her deceased sister in She Kills Monsters from January 18th to February 3rd at 7.30pm in the Telus Studio Theatre at the Chan Center for the Performing Arts. It's a Dungeons and Dragons tale exploring sexual identity, grief, and some hella fierce woman warriors who about to open up a can of whoop ass on ya. Well, that place sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling we're going to be reviewing it. Yeah, I love the way that was narrated. That's that's I, I, I'm really looking forward to that because I have. Uh, I've played a lot of D&D in various forms over the course of my mm-hmm. life. I have some friends back home who still do a D&D group, and it's, it's great. It's fun. It's 
honestly, role-playing, especially in terms of like something like 24-hour, where you do mm-hmm. kind of make it up as you go along, but there's a certain structure, you learn a lot from it. Yeah. Hell, John Favreau loves D&D. Dan Harmon has a show where he plays D&D. Dan Harmon also has a show where he drinks himself unconscious in front of a microphone, so I don't oh, know. Dan Harmon. Life goals. Speaking of which, we had a bunch of Rick and Morty references. In we did! To- yes! Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it is based off uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah. It's quite great. That was because oh. um, now uh, for Doc Brown specifically, the guy who played Doc Brown also played James in mm-hmm. um, Before We Go. Um, his name, he was, uh, he was just, he's a really good actor. Like, mm-hmm. I remember this. I did not recognize him until <laughs> I think, was it you who pointed that out to me? Or was it, I think Sorry. it was Jessica who pointed out Probably. to me. I haven't that watched the film myself. Before We Go was a musical. Oh, yeah, I know Before You Go. Before We Go? Yeah, yeah. I know that one. James, the, the the veteran. Oh, oh, yeah. That was our Doc Brown. Yeah. Oh. For those who heard that episode, or you can check out mm. the podcast, too, um, that guy's performance was kind of awesome. Yeah. Seriously. Like, and I did not recognize him mm-hmm. um, without, without, the, uh, without, without the old man makeup. Like, mm-hmm. he was a great Doc Brown. He really was. Yeah, I did not pinpoint that till you pointed it out either. Honestly, and what I really loved about that musical was another character who was there pretty shortly. I think her name was Lucy. She was the nurse. I bring her up in relation to James because she was the one who mourned him the most. I think. Yeah, that was um, that was that wasn't that wasn't Kim. That was uh, Kylie. Kylie Hornaday. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was like the one of the few somber moments of a rather upbeat musical at least that's how I'd describe it and just she had this beautiful little solo which was Lucy in the Stars and I don't think there was like a dry eye in the audience when she was singing yeah but yeah yeah the she and Kim great singers both yeah they um yeah it was it was uh because yeah it was it was it was a good show I remember Mm -hmm. feeling uh I remember feeling pretty good about it yeah, and it was written by one of our own as well. Sebastian, yeah, yeah. My, my, my former director. Oh. Yeah. For what? Dionysia last year. Okay. Uh, again, this is this, oh, right. this seems sort of like a recap of our previous podcast, but it does mm-hmm. come together. It's a great community. Join MTT. Yeah. Isn't Dionysia uh, players? Yes, it is, but there's yeah. a, there's a, there's some overlap. There's significant overlap. Mm-hmm. Like, you got Jessica oh, and Sanaa. Oh, for sure. They're, they're in it. Uh, I think, in fact... Uh, Auditions are coming up for Dionysia. They are, yes. Definitely check that out on Facebook, UBC mm-hmm. Festival Dionysia, or just UBC Players Club also as an open Facebook page. Uh, the auditions are nineteen, are the 19th and the 20th. You can check mm-hmm. the times. Uh, definitely come out for it. There's comedy. There's drama. There is no singing. It, it's, it's, it's a short play festival, and we did a lengthy feature on it last year, and we will likely mm-hmm. do a lengthy feature on it this year. And it's... Um, there is there is a lot of overlap with MTT though, especially with Twenty Four Hour has a lot of people in it who has some people in it who don't like me who don't yeah. necessarily have the time to commit to the full scale mm-hmm. productions of MTT, and Dionysia is is shorter plays, so it's less mm-hmm. time intensive, and yeah. they're also a lot smaller, so you can pick your hours. So that's uh, one if if you want to start like sort of dip a toe, it's a lot of yeah. fun. That sounds lovely. I honestly think is that per. Uh, per term, or is it annual? Dionysia is in the second term of every year. Okay. Because there's a main stage production in the first, and that was Doubt this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, that was uh, that that was that was dark. That raised some uh, some questions. Well acted. <laughs> um, it's like in terms of dark productions, like the MTT is going a certain way with Heather's, but both mm. Heather's and Before We Go are. Well, actually, there's a lot of overlap. There's certain. They're parts. more well balanced, I would say. They're they're both dark comedies. For sure, absolutely. But the number that uh, Sebastian started composed first was James's "It's a Shame," which is yeah. a very upbeat number about literally losing your mind to it's dementia. It's a shame. It's, it's a shame, shame you've lost your mind. Lost your mind. Yes, that one was in time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. This is me. You know. Like the guy from Blue Suede. <laughs> I hooked on a feeling. Do, 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 do. Yep. 
That's uh, that's my singing audition right there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I actually auditioned with a song from Heather's. I sang uh, Dead, Dead Girl Walking. Oh, that's a sexy one. It really is. And this reprise is so different. It's great. Both of them are lovely. Yeah, Heather's, Heather's is built on those sort of tonal mm-hmm. shifts. Honestly, you know the funny thing about with, with 24 Hour, what I thought about in that regard was Ferris Bueller a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Ferris Bueller? No. I have not. Do you know what it's about generally? Yeah, because I watched the 24 Hour musical. Yeah, but like, um, the so Ferris is this really charming kid. Matthew Bro- mm-hmm. Broderick, young Matthew Broderick plays him in the movie. And he uh, basically decides, hey, I'm going to fake sick and take yeah. a day to do whatever in the middle of downtown Chicago, uh, except for getting shot, which is apparently a lot easier at that <laughs> point in history. Uh, and he enlists his friend Cameron, who mm-hmm. is he's depressed. He really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his girlfriend Sloane, who he gets out of school by, and they did this in the musical by yeah. faking a phone call from her dad. And uh, the really funny bait and switch. I recommend that movie. It was a good. I liked how they did that mm-hmm. in it. But there's an interesting thing which they left out of the the show, which I get for time constraints. Mm-hmm. In the movie, uh, Charlie Sheen shows up because okay. oh. his Ferris's sister ends up in jail. To clarify, that's the guy from Two, two and a Half Men. Yeah, oh, when okay. he was a lot younger, mm-hmm. uh, playing this guy Garth Volbeck. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Ferris's sister's in jail. Well, she's waiting. She's she's not oh, in jail. She's okay. not behind bars, but she's like waiting in a police station. That was played great by Emily. I yeah, loved that. Yeah, she was. That, that was. Uh, she, she was. She was enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta like that. Uh, she, a similar thing in um, Curtains too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking of her role as. I can't remember now. Bambi, probably. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> She's like, why'd you call, why Why did you call yourself Bambi? Because Bambi's mother was shot by hunters. Oh, God. Honestly, Curtin's had so much. I laughed out loud at that one. Uh, that, was, that, that was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in the movie, so Ferris's sister's there, and sitting beside her is Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. at 18, looking like Charlie Sheen looks kind of now. It's like <laughs> pale, mm-hmm. skinny. I think the character is supposed to be on heroin. I'm not sure. He oh, looks like like he's got like the really the mm. the, the beat up motorcycle jacket, the sweat soaked white tee, mm-hmm. pallid skin, bags under his eyes, and then he starts giving her advice. It's like she starts venting to him, and he actually gives some sage advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, that character's name is Garth Volbeck, and it's interesting that that full name is given, but mm-hmm. in the original script. It's, now, so it's worth noting, just to, before this is said, Ferris doesn't seem to have a huge motivation for getting Cameron out of his funk, except for the fact that, hey, I want to cheer my friend up. Mm-hmm. In the original script, Ferris does this, and he gives a story why he does this, because he had a friend when he was younger called Garth Volbeck, oh. who never had any fun and who never really got his head on straight because of that. Mm-hmm. One line, which is, really sticks with you, is he ate plastic fruit once to see what it'd be like to get his stomach pumped. Yeah. That was me awkwardly and dramatically pausing. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, wow. And that that guy becomes Charlie Sheen. Actually, pretty easy, you know, transition there. Mm-hmm. But that's his motivation for getting Cameron out of what is in, and this is translated pretty well in the MGT production, yeah. I thought, is basically, yeah, it is depression and sadness over not feeling, you know, appreciated mm-hmm. and just sort of alone. Yeah. I had quite a few questions about that story, actually. What I didn't get quite get was, why did sister's uh, sister Bueller's sister just turn? So that that was one bit where they had to leave that out, but mm-hmm. that is because of the encounter in the police station. Uh, I see. Because the, the point of Ferris Bueller's day off is basically mm-hmm. take a day off and don't take life too seriously. Right. Because the Ferris Bueller's day off, the joke is always on people who take things too seriously. The prin- mm-hmm. principal Rooney, uh, his sister, to an extent his parents, because they believe him, but it's mm-hmm. also implied that they just love him. Yeah. And it's never shown that they disfavor his sister to the extent that she thinks. Right. Disfavor, I don't know if that's a word. Eh, that's fine. But we'll it's, just move along. It's a, it's a very positive mm-hmm. uh, movie. And it's, it's sort of, Ferris is kind of an antisocial. No, no, he's not, he's not antisocial in that he's... Uh, introvert or even a hardcore sociopath, but he's not someone who's very well constrained by rules or expectations, could be the less 
insane mm-hmm. part of that. You know what's interesting? You'll probably know this because you've watched the movie. Um, sorry, what's Bueller's girlfriend's name? Sloane. Sloane, right. I remember her by Claire because I know her. Um, right, so is there supposed to be something going on between Cameron and Sloane? No. Like, Cameron sort of... Uh, uh, Sloane sort of semi-flirts with Cameron to try and mm. cheer him up, but Ferris doesn't really react to that at all. Yeah. And, it, like, because both of them seem to be of the same mind that we have to cheer Cameron up. Right. I think that's kind of cute, but honestly, like, in the musical, at least, I was shipping them. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I got that impression yeah. from the musical more than I did from the movie. Mm-hmm. Especially because the way the musical makes it out to be is that Ferris sort of is looking for a good time, Regardless of whether that includes his friends or not, he goes off into the parade, leaving his girlfriend and Cameron alone. I would have liked to see that. I think that would be interesting. That's like a nice little plot twist there. Oh, he does that more or less to, um, he does that more or less to, how, do, how, do, how best to put this? He, he kind of does that as part of the continuing act, part of mm-hmm. the reason to tell Cameron, do not take things seriously. Right. But also the fact is that another interesting thought I've heard, fan theory about the film, is that that film is a prequel to Fight Club and <laughs> that Cameron is Edward Norton's character from Fight Club mm-hmm. with Ferris being his first hallucinatory manifestation. Oh, I see. The thing is that people do react to Ferris's presence in the movie to a degree. Of like the parade. I guess, well, actually, I haven't seen the movie. Does he ever actually physically affect the... I think he does. No, the the principal Rooney scene would make any sense without his voice. But yeah, mm. yeah, certainly that's uh, something there. And that so that was uh, Ferris Bueller though was a good like they did the full Donka Shane mm-hmm. song I like. Uh, you know Wayne Newton, the guy who sang Donka Shane, he uh, he came out to support for for Trump in um, in 2016. So mm-hmm. I suspect there's a sequel song in there called Sig Heil. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to do it. That was a cheap shot. Yeah. And uh, that, that that was that was Ferris Bueller's day off. I I, I have a huge amount of fondness for the movie, so that kind of. Mm-hmm. I think over. what was my favorite to go moment from that was um, when Cameron flips a car, and it's it's supposed uh, and the characters are trying to make us believe, you know, oh my God, you just flipped a huge car, but you can see it's just a little prop, and it's sort of a joke made on the prop. I thought that was really cute. Well, we did that, too, with the DeLorean as yeah, the turtle. Which, now, to get to ours, I, I didn't want to spend too much time on ours because we were, we were in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was that was a fun time. And you were, well, it was Marvin Berry in the movie, That's but it was right. Martha Berry. That's correct. Well, I'm Martha Berry. Chuck Berry's cousin. I uh, like to think I'm a tanned southern woman. Uh, just to clarify, I'm Indian. That's why I put that in. It's uh, the thing about uh, John Mulaney does a hilarious bit on Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so this is a very weird movie. And he's not explaining it. And one of the things is, oh, and we're also going to imply a white man wrote Johnny B. Good. So we're going to take that away from him. <laughs> Johnny B. Good is, by the way, the only rock song on the Voyager Gold record. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. It's it's uh, it's fun to learn, too. Yeah. And uh, But the in the, that's... Marty McFly mm-hmm. creates this loop of Johnny B. Good. Yeah. Because he would have heard it in his timeline from Chuck Berry, but Marvin Berry calls Chuck Berry to tell him about it. Yeah. Or Martha Berry in this case, because That's correct. And then uh like it was it was a lot of fun. Like it, so the thing is Carolyn was Bartok mm-hmm. last year, who was my sidekick as Rest right. Rasputin's sidekick. And in this one, she's um, George McFly. Mm-hmm. And between her and Danny, who was Marty McFly, mm-hmm. how many times did they punch me? Oh. There were three scenes. Let's see. Okay, so we started... Oh, God, there's so much. Okay, so this... I, I was Biff Tannen. Right. And speaking of Heathers, there was this moment where we brought this little thing in from Heathers. Oh, oh yeah. And it was the Holy Shit song. Wait, what, what is that? Which song is that? That's... It's a... It's the one where... Is uh, it beautiful? It's a part no, of the No, no, it's... Um, wha- Fight For Me. Oh, it's the right. beginning of Fight For Me, mm-hmm. yeah. And we start off the number with Danny going with the beats, kicking the... Boom, boom, boom. boom. So before that, like, he's like, 
hey, Biff, you see something, I'd turn around and be like, derp. And then my head turns around, <laughs> she hits me, and I spin around like a dreidel. Right. That was that was um, actually, Anne, Anne, Anne around you, help me, help me block that. It was That mm-hmm. was really hard to, to do because I was spinning the other way uh, right. in the blocking, but I have to spin the, towards the audience. Yeah, of course. So that was fun. And then... For the first three drum beats, we of go it, right? punch, punch, kicking the crotch. Oh. Yeah, that was great. They didn't actually do this, although I was afraid they were, you know, <laughs> would carried away with it. Uh, and then I just looked around, like mm. looking like you kind of had a stroke. Right. And during the, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Oh, of course you went low. And I have to. That's the only way I can go. I know. No, that, that, that's literally the only way I know how to, how to yeah. sing. I, I have had no training, you see. Oh, neither have I, actually. I, but I've been really? singing since, like, the first grade, yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> Similarly, the those who have heard me sing on the show are like, he has no training? Really? Shocking. <laughs> yeah, I think practice does make up for a bit of it. It's also, I feel like I can't criticize myself as well. My friends will... I have a friend who actually plays nine instruments and is a vocalist. At the same time? No, not at the <laughs> same time. Come on. Uh, no, but she can just, you know, she can hear me and she's like, it's not like you're unable to make the notes, but you're just like a flat off or like, you know, just like it's inaccurate. Like you need to be aiming better. I'm just picturing J.K. Simmons from Whiplash right now. <laughs> Are you a rusher or a dragger? Uh, yeah, so training does help to a certain extent. I bet it does, sure. yeah. And, um, like, we had, uh, I guess... Whew. It would have helped with the lightning song. It would, that was, so uh. we had Grease Lightning for the DeLorean. That was, that was, that's a, a very driven song. Mm-hmm. I always find those hard to sing, personally. It's also just the chord pro- progression at the end, which, I mean, even our vocal directors were just confused befuddled by, to use Jake's word. Yes, befuddled. It's a fun word. It's a fun word. If there was a befuddled button on Facebook, you know, that, that'd be great, you know, just like, <laughs> okay, uh, mm. don't give a shit about that rock, befuddled. Mm. The food looks good, still befuddled. News post, very befuddled. My word is flabbergasted. A flabbergasted button. That That's just for the news feed, like flabbergasted, befuddled, mm. awestruck. Oh, look, it's the U.S. Don't even need to read this. Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Befuddled. Mm. Flabbergastedly befuddled. Ah, there we go. There we go. And uh, we, with that, we're going to give you a brief word from our sponsor. There was no Sieg there. I just had to do that. There's nothing good about winter. The days are shorter, the sun isn't as sunny, and it's freaking cold. Um... Yeah, but there's also the annual winter issue of Disorder. Pick up your copy of Disorder, that magazine that's salty enough to melt the iciest of seasonal affective disorders from CITR, at one of our over 100 distribution locations. To share some fireside cheer with Kathleen Hepburn, a local independent director, enjoy a cup of metaphorical cocoa with BB over their first full album release, make some non-denominational sugar cookies at Chinatown's Pollyanna Library with Jonathan Q, take a sleigh ride through CITR's seasonal special listening guide, and of course, enjoy reviews of local shows and new releases. And an extra special holiday shout-out to our advertisers, Tambor Concerts, The Rickshaw Theater, The Rio Theater, The Cinematheque, and Mint Records. Hmm, I guess winter's not that bad. George Barrett presents One Love, Vancouver's annual Bob Marley's birthday celebration bash. Don't worry about a thing and head upstairs at the Grandview Legion Hall on Saturday, February 10th for live performances by Canada reggae sensation Steel from Toronto, Boom Daddy Band, Redemption Sound, DJ Bradley, and DJ George Barrett with doors at 8.30. Jamaican food and refreshments are going to be on sale. So get your advance tickets for $25 at High Life Music, Zulu Records, Island Vibes Barber Surrey, or Red Cat Records. This event is lovingly sponsored by Butter King, Co-op Radio, CITR and Discorder, and Wadada Hi-Fi Sound Systems. You know, the, the non-denominational sugar cookies thing is interesting, because I don't know if baked goods have a religion. 
If they so if they do though, this isn't a question. Does that mean the baker is God? See, I don't know quite how to answer that, but I think if we're gonna take in, if we're gonna be talking about religious cookies, we should have someone of that culture here. You know, they should be speaking for themselves. We should get we should get cookies on the show. Exactly, I, I'm right there with you. This is Gingerbread Man from Shrek. It's like, oh, okay, how are you? This is the Gingerbread Man from Shrek, right? It sounds like Mickey. Yeah, Rooney. that's what I was thinking of. It sounds like Mickey Mouse or Mickey, one of the Mickeys. So, sorry, where were we before we? Grease Lightning. Yeah. Right. The musical numbers. So we had four of them in our show. That's correct. They were. Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Grease Lightning. Time Warp from yep. Rocky yeah. Horror. That was lovely. Yeah, I love the Time Warp. And the last one was. Time of your life. Right. My favorite part time from Time life. Warp was our director, Anne, just telling us, you are not a person. You are a concept. That's still nicer than Kubrick treated his actors. Uh, <laughs> it was honestly my best line of just the entire show. It wasn't even in the show. Just like I remember us doing the choreography and we just couldn't do it because we were laughing so hard from when she said it. It was like the... She's like, oh, you're in a time travel fever dream. Mm -hmm. Like, well, good song to pick for that. And then I'm just like running around, flailing like Mick Jagger on Quaaludes, grinning like a sociopath. Mm -hmm. And just like, it was just, you know, that was, that that was a lot of fun. We had to hit the ground pretty abruptly. Yeah. I remember. It worked out fairly well. I don't. I don't think anyone got hurt. That's a victory. Speak for yourself. I landed. <laughs> I, I I crashed into Jessica at one point, and I'm not sure uh, which one of us was more injured by that. I'm kind of surprised that that's the one that got you injured, considering how much you get beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the number of pratfalls over the course of a thing. Justin uh, taught me how to pratfall. I think mm-hmm. last not last 24 hours, the one before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still much better at it because he is either immune to injury or he's just incredibly as Buster Keaton like level of physical coordination. There's just a few people I look at and I wonder if they have bones and Justin and Matthew are two of those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like I well I, I remember we reviewed the, the 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 what was it the, the Italian the Commedia dell'arte okay. and like the Oh my god that was so good. And they're in shockingly oh. good shape. Good lord they're in good shape. The tap dancing, the confusion, the sitcom. Oh my god. Yeah. I love that one so much. It has to be my favorite. And yeah. also it's free, you know. Yeah, that 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 was that was pretty helpful. But yeah, that was that was a, that was a very fun time, mm-hmm. and uh, on the whole, yeah, that was enjoyable. Uh, it was a, it was a good twenty four hour. Mm-hmm. I liked it, you know. Definitely, NMTT is gonna have Heather's soon, so right. the auditions for that are up. Yeah, uh, they're already started, if I'm not wrong. Cast and crew, mm-hmm. and uh, the show will be on in March, right? Yes, has yeah. to be March. That's gonna be March, and that'll be. That'll be fun because I really like Heather's the Musical. I if I see that with MTT with the MTT version, that will be the third different cast I've seen it in, and mm-hmm. the fourth I've heard it in because I have the Broadway recording on iTunes. Ah, right. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's on YouTube as well. It is the whole the whole thing. Yeah, uh, that's where I heard it. Spotify doesn't have all of it. Spotify has three songs. They don't, eh? Yeah, they've got uh, Candy Store, Dead Girl Walking. And my dead gay son. No, it's either seventeen or brain freeze. The f- I would I'd go with seventeen. There I think it's seventeen. Pick it because that's that's a good. That's actually I think really good tearjerker. Honestly, just speaking about these songs, I just feel like I could burst up just singing them. They're just great. A lot of lot of emotion. A lot of yeah. a lot of uh, desire to change in that song. Yeah. It's kind of a. Uh, yeah. Can we be 17? Is that so hard to do? Okay, no. <laughs> um, I think you were pulling it off. Uh, to a little. You know, just, just more vibrato. Mm-hmm. Can we be 17? That's not vibrato. That's a Tom Waits impression. But, um, yeah. Like, like, I'm looking forward to that one. Definitely looking forward to Dionysia. We mm-hmm. got, like I said, we, She Kills Monsters sounds awesome. Right. And we're definitely going to be reviewing that one. Right. Uh, when it comes out. Are you seeing that one as well? Um, I am waiting on some tickets. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone here did this, but the UBC magazine had these submissions 
for their sec. I think it's the second time they're doing the magazine. Actually, it was just last year that they started, and whoever submitted is is gonna be getting you be uh two complimentary tickets to She Kills Monsters. I believe. I am very excited. All right. Yeah. yeah. That, that sounds like a great deal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's not because it's not even the ones who get published. It's like literally you submit and you get the tickets. Huh. Interesting. It's quite in, it's like a nice way of promotion within UBC. I'd like to see that happen more often. I, I imagine the UBC because the UBC's cut their page count a little bit, so mm-hmm. I imagine that might be too sort of a way to. That's always a good way. Well, we do a lot of giveaways for sort of this purpose, right. but it's a good to see who's reading the magazine mm-hmm. and who's at, involved enough. Because if you're involved enough to send something out, you certainly picked up the magazine yeah. and read through to a degree. Because mm-hmm. especially if it's towards the back, I don't know where it was in the magazine. Um, I personally got, okay, so one of my friends is quite involved. She's actually one of the editors at the Garden Statuary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she sent me a link to it, and they had a call for submissions online. It was on their website, I believe. When does the Garden Statuary publish? Okay, so that, it does it, uh, twice in the, uh, like, twice in the winter session. So they have two online issues. Their, um, first online issue, issue for the year is already up. I actually have a poem in that, and really? yeah. Also, I did a, I did illustrations for it uh, last term, and this term they'll have both the print issue, which which will be the combined um, two online issues, and they'll have the second online issue come out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like an interesting way of doing it. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's their seventh issue, so it must be their seventh year. So the last term it was seven uh, issue seven point one. This is going to be seven point two. I would not even just including like excluding my illustrations. I mean, there's just some brilliant work. Like I was so blown away. It's so well done. The writings are quite lovely too. Yeah, I I remember um, you know Angelica Paversky. From, she was on uh, the show a couple times for uh, uh, Slam Poetry. She's She's been published there, Right. I, I've actually gone to UBC Slam. I think I might have heard of her. Yeah. I've yeah. been, I've, I've been uh, a bunch of times. It started mm-hmm. back up, I think. I think they're having an event, too, towards the end of the month. Yeah, they just had their first event of the year at Benny's Bagels. This last, the last Wednesday? Eh, I don't recall. I, I think so, yeah. Oh, right. It was definitely a Wednesday, yep. So the first day of classes. Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. Happy New Year! <laughs> mm, speaking of which, so I went for that, and at Benny's Cafe, on Thursday, there's apparently a free stand-up comedy night. Is there now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, it's an open mic. It, Is it? Or? I think there's two comedians who come there. Like That's what the poster seemed to suggest. Groovy. Yeah. Check that out. That's fun. Benny's Bagels is... I, I live in Kitsilano, so it's... It's pretty, pretty close. It's like uh, yeah. McDonald and Broadway. Yeah, it's it's close to there. Yeah, it's um, it's actually no, it's not. It's not McDonald and Broadway. It's closer to um, it's closer to it, it's really close to Vine. It's or is it close to McDonald and Broadway? It's about halfway well, between. I take the ninety nine there, so I take I get off at McDonald. And yes, like, yes, it, it, it would be close to McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's right. It'd be closer to McDonald. Yeah, it'd be McDonald and. And yeah, the McDonald Broadway stop on the 99 <laughs> would get you there. Honestly, uh, you just said Angelica, and literally the second I hear Angelica, I go Skylar Sisters. Exactly. I'm actually watching it in Seattle. I'm really? I'm really excited. When's it on in Seattle? Um, I, I'm not sure for how long. I'm pretty sure it's during February. I'm going on the 25th, which is the last day of reading week, and I'm not even paying for it. Really? One of my, uh, one of my uh, uh, friends' moms. Like, won the tickets or something? She got four tickets, gifted it to her daughter for her birthday, and she's taking some, uh, um, like, me and my roommate. We're, like, all roommates, and we're going together to Seattle. Awesome. Road it's, trip. It's beautiful. Well, somewhat road trip. Well, we're probably going to take the train. Oh, yeah, there is a train to Seattle. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty close to Seattle, so. Fairly close. It's, like, what, like a 60-buck trip for, like, four hours? Actually, if it's the train, it has to be shorter than that. For four hours by train, yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. Is that? I don't know. It's okay. that sounds about right. I, right. I try to remember specifically. Yeah, I've actually never been to the U.S. This would be my first. 
Seattle's. I've never been to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I am um, certainly a good, interesting introduction to the U.S. to go see Hamilton. Yeah. Because you know, introduction, past, present. You know, mm-hmm. there's some, there's a connection, something to be yeah, said for that. Yeah, honestly, Hamilton is quite great. Uh, one of my friends was. Um, she was talking about this poetry class that she was in, and apparently they're doing Hamilton, which kind of makes sense, I guess, if you're talking about lyrics as poetry. And she wasn't quite excited about it. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's so good. Like, I don't think you think of Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, and you think of rap and hip-hop. Well, now you do. Now you do. That's uh, Because Hamilton is a generational musical. For sure. The same way Avenue Q, Spring Awakening, Mm -hmm. uh, Rent, Les Mis, Jesus Christ Superstar, and Hair were... Yeah, and it's also, like, almost completely a non-white cast. Yes. And it's, like, it's almost racially blind in the sense that, you know, the sisters are all of different races, at least in the New York, uh, in the New York cast. I'm pretty sure that holds for Seattle as well. Well, that casting, too, is part of the point that it is American history, and that point's a little Mm -hmm. pallid, too. Yeah, so it's an interesting contrast. It's also the contrast of the medium, too, I would say. Yeah, and it's also the decision of, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Love that guy. Yeah. He's, he's uh, He wrote the most of the songs for Moana, didn't he? Yeah, well? he did. Yeah. I really like Moana. I, I, I like that movie. And um, it's one of those things where he apparently wants to work on Little Mermaid. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. I've seen a few interviews by him. He named his son Sebastian. So he yeah. Likes, he likes the movie a lot, apparently. Honestly, um, uh, I think I was uh, watching an interview by him, and he was talking about, what was it? Oh, I hate it when this happens. Just a mind blank? Like yeah. Something? something. Wait, wait, wait. Moana? Right, got it. So you know how uh, the main character, well, not Moana, but what's the guy's name who, who's played by The Rock? Um, uh, uh, the demigod guy. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's go with demigod guy. So uh, he was talking about how he could not write the song You're Welcome for anyone else other than The Rock because who else has that, you know, gravitas to just pull off You're Welcome That I Exist? Yeah, well, the thing is, you're welcome. Speaking as a guy, it is adjusted for his range too, because exactly. his range is not terribly uh, great. But he's got mm-hmm. like it is. It is definitely a personality song, mm-hmm. and when you got personality, yep, you sell it. It follows. That's I. I that's a, that'd be a good. Honestly, not a bad karaoke. Uh, I gotta think about that. <laughs> but in terms of a karaoke song, that'd be fun to yeah. do. That's that. That was a good one. I'm. I really want to see Coco. Because oh. that seems like it could be good. Um, I um, again, I've Moana heard really good things. I I've listened to Coco, but not watched it. I was in the room, but while my friends were watching. Oh, it sound good. It sounded good. <laughs> it sounds really cute, and honestly, I just love the idea of just Disney including a lot more POCs coming close, like. I, I love that yeah. the aesthetic, I want to say, for Day of the Dead, because it's, mm-hmm. it is a weird, morbid, very colorful holiday. It is. It's and lovely. It's kind of like Halloween, if you think about it. it it's similar to Halloween, but yeah. less. It, it, Halloween is founded on fear of, a, at a certain point in the year, mm. devils are going to roam over and sacrifice children. Day of the Dead is founded on the concept that, hey, everybody dies. Yeah. Just remember the people who did and enjoy having flesh on your bones. Mm-hmm. And if you ever forget that, here's a lot of skulls. <laughs> All of the bright and colorful skulls. Here's some made of candy. Yeah, it's definitely a different approach to death. I'm actually doing a course on death and dying right now. A how-to? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Not quite. More like how to deal with it. I mean, if you live long enough, it'll just happen. Fair enough, yeah. That's that. That is one of the approaches you can have towards death and dying. That is in the handout I was given. Yeah, that's like that's like dying's the easiest thing in the world. All you got to mm-hmm. do is stay alive long enough. Yep. Did you know oldest woman to stay alive? One seventeen years old, from Jamaica. I thought who was that French woman who um, saw Vincent Van Gogh? Oh, someone someone knows this. Also, I think I she was also 117. Mm. Okay. Maybe that's Such it. Such a huge tangent, but do you watch Doctor Who? 
I haven't recently, but I know the new Doctor's Woman, and that is yeah. uh, lighting up the internet a little bit. Oh, definitely. I'm kind of surprised by the controversial views it's, like, sparked up. I'm, I like, I, I've seen the Doctor, mm-hmm. like, the Doctor it purposely is a shape changer, so I, I get mm-hmm. why. I yeah. get I get why it goes on. That doesn't, it doesn't see, that, I mean, it's an interesting move because so far the precedent has been mm-hmm. white guys, but, you know, eh, yeah, no, whatever exactly. way they want to take that, if it makes sense. Yeah. Actually, the reason I brought it up is because there is an episode with Vincent van Gogh, and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. It's just quite lovely because the way uh, Doctor Who works is that there's fixed points in time mm-hmm. you can't change. So they bring Vincent and they show him his uh, exhibit in Le Louvre. And it's just it's such a touching scene. He's absolutely breaks down, just incredibly touched. But he still falls to depression and commits suicide. Well, he, he finally sees, so he sees that his work actually is gets... appreciated mm-hmm. in a time in a time outside of his. But you know, it's not enough. Hell of a thing, really. Mm-hmm. Hell of a thing. Interesting how we got here, really. Yeah. <laughs> Start with twenty-four hour musical, end up at Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting story. You know there are brands of absinthe with his face on the label. That's like putting Amy Winehouse's face on a bottle of vodka. I wouldn't uh, recommend it. No. But you know, so it is. It is. Well, oh, uh, before we go. <laughs> so many layers to that one. Um, Push Festival is happening. Starts on the 16th. Mm-hmm. There looks like some really interesting stuff going on there. There is a uh, Birdman, a live Birdman show. I have no idea how they're going to pull off the ending. Uh, and there's also King Arthur's Night as part of that. And we're right. going to have some um, stuff coming in on that. That seems really interesting. Yeah. In light of the Guy Ritchie, King Arthur and everything, you know. Why? Excalibur still holds up. Just do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got some stuff ahead of us. 2018 is going to be, well, I, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I've got a good, no, 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 don't jinx it. I've got a very bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to work that in somehow. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, this is the Arts Report. I'm Jake Clark. And this is Siobhan Gasekri. All right, and cheers.